Hi everyone, this is Yosef Siegel and welcome to this week's Amen Torah podcast. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Told Us and let's get right into it. So the most famous story from this week's Parsha is of course Yaakov uh, quote-unquote stealing the brachos from Asaph. And the story is that Hashem originally blessed Avraham who passed on these uh, brachos to Yitzchak. And now with two sons to choose from, Yitzchak has to decide uh, who's going to get these brachos, who will inherit these brachos that he got from Avraham. In the end, he decides to give them to Asaph because uh, these brachos have to do with physical prosperity and success in battle, so he feels that they're more suited to go to Asaph. But Rivka ultimately sees that uh, these brachos really belong to Yaakov. And uh, in terms of what was going on over here and how she saw and what Yitzchak saw and and how Rivka was able to see more clearly, because we see that Yitzchak ultimately agrees with Rivka, and of course Hashem wanted Yaakov to get the brachos. Uh, we'll save that for a different time. So Rivka comes up with this plan in order to get the brachos to Yaakov. Uh, taking advantage of a blind Yitzchak, she disguises Yaakov as Asaph by taking some of Asaph's clothes, which were fur pelts. They were very hairy clothing, uh, which was the big difference between Yaakov and Yitzchak, Yaakov and Asaph. I actually saw a, uh, a shot this week, I can't remember exactly where, but uh, it says that Yaakov and Esav were actually completely identical, and the only difference between them was that Esav had hair, uh, more hair than Yaakov. So uh, in terms of appearance, they looked very similar, all you needed to add was the hair. So she goes and she gets these clothes um, to make Yaakov appear hairier. And Yitzchak had also asked Esav to uh, go out and hunt for him and to bring him food. So she makes the food uh, for Yaakov to bring in. And Yitzchak at first is a little confused. He's not sure who this person is. Again, he's blind at this point in his life. And after doing a few tests, Yitzchak is ultimately convinced that this is Esav and he gives him the brachos. Later on, after Yaakov has left, Esav comes in. Yitzchak realizes that he had been tricked and Yaakov had really taken the brachos, and he, at that point, agrees that the brachos should go to Yaakov. Now, however you want to read the psukim, uh, there's different ways of reading in terms of how often Yaakov lied, or what exactly he did in this story, but there's, there's no question here that Yaakov, together with Rivka, tricked Yitzchak into giving him the brachos. And according to a number of Chazals, it seems he was very hesitant to be a part of this. Um, however, uh, his mother, being a, a great tzaddikas and being very wise, she convinces him that this is what they have to do, and he goes through with it. But why did it have to go like this? Now, Chazal teach us that there are three midos of Hashem, which each one of the avos represented. Avraham represents chesed, the kindness of Hashem. Yitzchak represented din, justice. And Yaakov represented Emes, truth. So Yaakov embodied truth in this world. He despised lying, he despised trickery. And yet, in order to receive the brachos of Avraham, which were a direct gift from Hashem, you know, you can't get more spiritual than that, so you would expect him not to want to do anything low or dirty at all. Dafka there, in order to get these brachos, he goes against his principles, and he tricks Yitzchak into giving him the brachos. And it gets even more confusing. If you look at Rashi in Perak Chavzayin, Pasagalef, uh, that's the Pasuk where it says that Yitzchak became blind. 
So if you look at Rashi over there, he brings a number of reasons, uh, different midrashim that explain why Yitzchak became blind, how he became blind. But the last midrash he, he quotes says that Yitzchak became blind only in order that Yaakov uh, could take the brachos from him. So we see that Hashem was involved in this trick. <laughs> Hashem set it up specifically that Yaakov should take the brachos and that he should take it through trickery. But why did he have to do it that way? Why did the only way for Yaakov to get the brachos have to be through a trick, have to be through lying? So Yaakov Kamenetsky says a very interesting answer. He explains that each one of the others had to undergo a different Nisayon in order for them to fully achieve their spiritual potential. Uh, and we've talked about this, we talked about this in Parshas Vayera, uh, that uh, we talked about the Nisayonos of Avraham, they're very well documented throughout the Torah. He had ten of them, uh, all of which are listed in the Psukim, uh, ultimately culminating in Akedis Yitzchak. But he says that if you look at the Nisayonos of Avraham, you see a pattern. In each Nisayon, whether it's his first Nisayon of abandoning his family to go to Eretz Yisrael, uh, whether it's later on when he has to throw Yishmal out of the house together with Hagar, or Akedis Yitzchak when he has to sacrifice his only son on the Mizbeach, we see that in each Nisayon, other innocent parties are affected in, a, in an unkind manner, in a bad way. There's a certain amount of collateral damage. Now, Avraham is the greatest Baal Chesed to ever live. And as we explained earlier, he embodies Chesed in this world. And yet, when he's presented with these challenges, and Chesed is a good thing, right? It's a, it's a mitah of Hashem. And yet, when he's presented with these challenges, all of these challenges cause him to give pain to others. So why would Hashem give him challenges that caused him to pain others? So he explains like this. Avraham built his avodas Hashem around doing Chesed. That's why he represents chesed of Hashem in this world, because his whole service of Hashem was based around him being kind. And we see that's how it was. He, he would open up his house, uh, anyone could come and eat and drink and sleep, and everyone was very comfortable, and, and he would teach people Torah, and Sarah would do the same thing for the women. That was his avodas Hashem, being kind to other people. However, at the same time, there are times when it comes to serving Hashem where kindness is inappropriate. And there are times in your Avodah Hashem where you're indirectly and even inadvertently forced to cause others pain. Whether it's leaving your family because you need to set off on what you know to be the greatest path to your spirituality. You may have to remove people from your family presence in order to protect your children. And there could be a time, like a Yitzchak, where you have to go against every instinct you have everything you've ever learned about Hashem, everything you've ever taught about Hashem, and sacrifice your son because Hashem commanded you to do so. And this is how Hashem tested Avraham. Hashem knew that Avraham, through Chesed, could be the greatest Eved Hashem ever. But what about the other parts of life? What about something that went against the natural tendencies of Avraham? It was easy for Avraham to be kind. It came naturally for him. Now, he, he took it to the max, Right? Even though it was easy for him, he still took it to the extreme, and that's why we celebrate him as a Baal Chesed. But at the end of the day, that was his natural tendency. So the question surrounding the Nisyonos is, could Avram be an Evan Hashem, even when it went against his natural tendencies, to be kind? Or was it easy for him to be kind, and that's why he served Hashem that way? And it took ten Nisyonos, but ultimately, Avram proved his full spiritual potential that yes, not just 
in cases of kindness, but even in cases which maybe cause others pain. And it's not, the point of those nisyonos was not to cause others pain. That wasn't the point. There was something specific that Avraham had to accomplish which inadvertently caused pain to others. Hashem didn't set it up that others should be pained. But there was, some, there was something that Avraham needed to do, and through it, there was, there was pain for other people. But Avraham, being the kind person that he was, he would feel that pain of others. So the question was, could he still serve Hashem even when it went against his natural tendencies? And he was able to. That's what the Ten Nisiones of Avram proved. So now let's get back to Yaakov. Yaakov was supposed to get the brachos. He knew it, Rivka knew it, and we see ultimately that Yitzchak knew it. But this was going to be Yaakov's Nisayon. He had to steal the brachos. Hashem knew that Yaakov could serve him as a man of emes, as a man of honesty. But what about times in life where you have to lie in order to save somebody or to do a good deed Right? Or there's even different halachos, the different scenarios where not only are you permitted to lie, but you may be obligated to lie. Was the reason Yaakov followed Hashem because his natural inclination was to be truthful, was to be emes, like Hashem? Or was he ready to serve Hashem in any scenario, in every scenario? This was the new sign of Yaakov. Could he accept the fact that there was going to be times where he was going to have to serve Hashem through lying, through trickery? Or would the fact that he had to lie turn him off? And we see that he followed through and he was able to accomplish this. And that hesitation we spoke about earlier at the beginning, he didn't really hesitate. If you look carefully at the psukim where Yaakov uh, seems to be hesitating uh, with Rivka, he's not concerned about the lies. He's concerned about getting caught. He's concerned that maybe his father will feel him, maybe he'll, uh, maybe he'll be cursed. And... Rivka alleviates those concerns, and Yaakov goes straight in. There's no mention over there of, how can I lie? How can I do this to my father? There's nothing about that. In terms of, in terms of that, there's nothing about that. He was ready, without hesitation, to do what he had to do. Because he knew this was his Nisayon. This was his Nisayon that, just like Avram, he was going to be tested outside of his character. And perhaps this, this is, this is my own uh, adding on, this is my own addition, Perhaps this is how Yitzchak ultimately realized that Yaakov was worthy of the brachos. Yaakov, he thinks it's Esav, he comes in, he takes the brachos, he leaves. Esav comes in, Yitzchak realizes that he's been tricked. Now all of a sudden he realizes that that must have been Yaakov. Now, Yitzchak knew Yaakov, he knew that he was Emes, he knew he was an Ish Emes. But now that he realizes that Yaakov lied in order to accomplish this, he realizes, first of all, because Yaakov was successful, it's obvious that Hashem wanted this to happen. And he also sees that Yaakov was willing to go against his tendencies. He was willing to go against what came naturally to him because in order to accomplish the will of Hashem. And upon seeing this, he knew that this was the heir of Avram. This was the true heir of Avram, someone who's willing to go against his natural tendencies in order to serve Hashem. And therefore, those brachos that were given to him, he deserves them and he should keep them. Thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, don't forget to email me at amentorah at gmail.com, A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H at gmail.com. You can ask me questions. You can sign up for the email newsletter. If you sign up for the email newsletter, you will get a download of this podcast directly into your inbox, along with a written version of the Torah. 
please visit the blog itself, oldideasforthemodernmind.blogspot.com, where you can get the written version of this Tavar Torah up every single week, as well as archives from the past seven years of Amem Torah, Divrei Torah. Please visit our website, hashkafahandbook.com, where you can download this podcast directly, and you can learn more about my book. And of course, the podcast is also available on iTunes. Just search my name or search the Amem Torah podcast. I mentioned this last week. I want to mention this again because we're getting closer. I'm in the middle of working on a project on Akedas Yitzchak, specifically about the role of Yitzchak in the Akedah and ultimately what are the lessons that we nowadays are supposed to take out of the Akedah. Uh, hopefully that will be ready within the next week or two. Uh, when it does come out, I will let uh, all the people on our email list know. That's going to be posted on our Nation's Wisdom blog, which you can check out whenever you'd like, nationswisdom.blogspot.com. Uh, it's some cool stuff up there. Please check it out. And you could also find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash amemtorah, and of course, Twitter, at amemtorah. Have a great Shabbos, everyone. Thank you again for listening, and we'll speak to you next week.